Ladies and gentlemen. Oh God, is this a full moon? Well, yeah, I wrote if that. you worked at it, you really could be attractive. I'm like, yeah, damn, man. I think it was one of the first horror movies I put on our list, and just watching it again, I was just like, I made a mistake. When Jesse Eisenberg's name popped up. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg? No. Who did you think played the brother? Makes out with Jimmy for no reason. <laughs> Jimmy didn't earn that kiss. He did. Where we're going, you don't need us. <laughs> Here's the fourth annual Forgotten Horror. Boo. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Hello. I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're now entering the house of the devil, the apartment of the damned, and the shanty town of lost souls. Welcome to the fourth annual Forgotten Horror. Each episode, we'll discuss a film that was forgotten by audiences. Perhaps they were too busy running from the ghosts of murdered children. Maybe they were bitten by a strange creature and liked to howl at the moon. Or maybe they're being terrorized by an ancient wooden fetish doll. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you dare. If you're not getting sucked into an event horizon and ripping out your skin from your face, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us or we'll find you. Our podcast is available on all platforms for your listening displeasure. It's the most... <laughs> all right. You good? you good now? Good it's now. the most wonderful time of the year for you, Butler. Forgotten horror season. I'm interested. What, I got all new openings I get to get to make. Oh, that's new, true. That's true. Openings. While we were recording this in the first week of September, uh, this is probably the second week of October for people who are listening to us now. Wow, our cushion is almost gone again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what are we doing this week, Butler? We are we are doing the 2005 classic, Cursed. You, could, you one could say the cursed film, Cursed. That's true, yes. Oh, zing. In Los Angeles, siblings Ellie and Jimmy come across an accident on Mulholland Drive. As they try to help a woman caught in the wreckage, a ferocious creature attacks them, devouring the woman and scratching the terrified siblings. They slowly discover that the creature was a werewolf, not so slowly, and that they have fallen victim to a deadly curse. Now that they have been sliced by werewolf's claws, they will be transformed into werewolves themselves. I mean, the movie's super flawed, so the synopsis is just doing its best there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many, a lot of my notes, and I'm sure a lot of your notes, are a lot of the behind the scenes for this movie. So I don't know how we're going to, we're, we're going to be like... You this know, movie got murdered by the Weinsteins. Oh, it did. Absolutely. Well, Bob Weinstein to be specific. Yes. 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 Uh, so the movie's called Cursed. It has a runtime of 97 minutes, rated PG-13, uh, had a production budget of $38 million. Then I, I found that it was $75 million, but then I read it was more like 90 to $100 million, and that's probably because of all the reshoots. Like, yeah, like they reshot the movie. There's three separate reshoots. Three times. Yeah, yeah. They they pretty much redid the entire film. The first reshoot, then they changed stuff again in the second reshoot. So the first reshoot was forty days of production. The second reshoot was twenty days of production, and then the third reshoot was ten days of production. <laughs> yeah. Uh, its release date was February 25th, 2005. That was a Friday. Its opening weekend, it did 9.6 million. Domestic, 19.3. International, 10.3. And that gives you a worldwide total of $29.6 million. Womp, 
<laughs> Production company is Dimension Films, Outer Banks Entertainment, and Craven uh, Madalena Films. And they're distributed by Miramax Films in the United States. And I think it was distributed internationally by a bunch of different people. Uh, it came out on the 25th of February, like I said, up against in a wide release, Man of the House, the Tommy Lee Jones and the Texas Cheerleader movie, which is I actually kind of like that movie. I don't think I've ever seen that one. I probably saw it that weekend, too, because I'd. What's funny about Kurt? Well, we'll get into it. Uh, also, that weekend you had Diary of a Mad Black Woman, as the Tyler Perry, excuse me, Tyler Perry film. That is uh, one of the few Tyler Perry films I've seen. Interesting. March fourth, the week after, you had Be Cool, the kind of sequel to. Um, I'm blanking on the Get name. Shorty. Get Shorty. Yeah, I've always wanted to see. I never did see Be Cool. It's uh, it's not as good as Get Shorty, and that's what I remember. But I don't remember why I didn't like it. Other than that. So, but I know I wasn't a big fan of it. Get Shorty's good. I think Get Shorty's, Get Shorty's on great. our list. Really? I think so. All right. I mean, I don't think a lot of people know Get Shorty or maybe don't remember it. It's a good film, though. Oh, it's great. It's got some good lines. Yeah. Uh, you also had The Pacifier that weekend and The Jacket. The Pacifier is with Vin Diesel, which actually I thought that's where he was going, those type of films after he did it. But I guess he he kind of went back to. The I old haven't way. seen that, but at least uh, she actually wants It's to okay. She thinks it's kind of funny. It's not bad. Yeah. I liked it, but it's just like he just. That's the only type of film he did like I that. don't do funny movies like that. <laughs> I was like The Rock had that brief period where he did like the Tooth Fairy and movies like that. And then he kind of went, eh. Nah, he did one for one for the studios and then he got to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. On the 18th of February in a wide release, this is the week before you had Because of Winn-Dixie, Constantine, which is a movie we did, mm-hmm. Son of the Mask, and the limited release Downfall. Um, so. Son of the Mask might be one of the few movies uh, that are worse than Cursed. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, no bueno. This film is directed by the uh, late Wes Craven. We lost Wes Craven in 2015. He has uh, done such movies as A Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. The Scream 1 through 4 movies. The Hills Have Eyes, which is one of his first films, if not the first. Swamp Thing and The Serpent and the Rainbow. Uh, written by Kevin Williamson, who, uh, who did the original Scream. Uh, he did I Know What You Did Last Summer. The, the movie The Faculty. He's also responsible for the TV show The Vampire Diaries. And, of course, the TV show Dawson's Creek. Here it comes. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going. Oh, I don't want to wait. <laughs> you don't know the rest of it? For our there lives we go. There we to go. be. There we go. <laughs> you also had a uh, cinematographer was Robert McLaughlin, who has done Final Destination, blah, the 2006 Black Christmas, some Game of Thrones episodes, Ray Donovan episodes, and the upcoming American Gigolo uh, TV show with John Bernthal. Composer was Marco Beltrami, who was nominated for two Oscars, one for The Hurt Locker and the other for 310 to Yuma, which was a movie that we did. He's also done the Fear Street trilogy that is on Netflix. Edited by Patrick Lussier and Lisa Lisa Mosden. Uh, Patrick has done Drive Angry. He's actually the writer and director of that as well. Uh, he's also done Apollo 18 and the movie Trick, where he just the, he's the writer director of the movie Trick. And Mazin is the assistant editor on Breakdown, a movie we did, Mimic, and a movie we did that was on HBO, Citizen X. Oh. Nice, right? This is one of the few movies when I was watching, like, I thought of the editor and was like, the editors must have had just such a terrible time trying to put this movie together. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, we can get into that. Uh, <laughs> produced by Marianne uh, Madalena and Kevin Williamson. Uh, Marianne has done The People Under the Stairs and Red Eye, and Williamson has done Venom, which I did not know. Produced Venom, excuse me, and he produced Halloween H2O. Uh, this movie stars Christina Ritchie as Ellie from the TV show Yellow Jackets. She's also in Speed Racer, Sleepy Hollow. Everyone probably knows her from the Addams Family, but she's also in the TV, the show on Netflix Wednesday. She's she's got a credit in that. 
I don't know if she's in the whole. I believe is she like a f- like in the whole episode show, or is she just got a cameo? I think she's just got a cameo. Okay, all right. What is she gonna be like? <laughs> Reminds me of someone. She's gonna do some stupid like that. There were talks of her playing Morticia Adams at one point, yeah, which would have been interesting. I actually think what's her face? Because um, the uh, the Catherine Zeta Jones looks really good as Morticia. Oh no, she yeah. does. I was glad when they cast her. I was like, yeah. okay. I am interested to see how Luis Guzman will do as uh, Gomez. Yeah, we'll see. Jesse Eisenberg, <laughs> uh, a butler favorite, plays uh, Jimmy. He's I didn't the, know this was an Eisenberg. Movie, <laughs> it is called Curse. Oh, oh. Jesse, I, I have no problem with you. Butler has a problem with you. Uh, people have a problem with him. He's I, known as not a very nice guy. Oh, well then, if you're not a very nice guy, that's not really cool, man. <laughs> he is nominated for an Oscar for The Social Network. He's also in Zombieland, Now You See Me, and Batman vs. Superman. He plays Lex Luthor. Uh, he is Ellie. Ding, ding. <laughs> Ellie and Jimmy are brother and sister. Joshua Jackson as Jake. He's in the TV show The Affair. Uh, also the Fringe. Uh, excuse me, not the Fringe. Fringe, the TV show, and a more recent TV show, Doctor Death. But of course, he's also Pacey from uh, Dawson's Creek. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Judy Greer as Joni. She's in Thirteen Going on Thirty. She's actually in Halloween Kills. She's Jurassic World and the TV show Archer. Michael Rosenbaum as Kyle from the TV show Smallville. I'm pretty sure he's wearing a wig in this film. Oh, yeah. This was yeah. during Smallville. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. He's also in the movie Sorority Boys, which is actually a movie I like. <laughs> and he's also. That is on our list. I he's. That. I like that movie. He's also. Uh, he's got his own podcast, uh, He's which is pretty yeah, good. Very he's, successful podcast. It's, well, it's. I've seen a couple of clips on YouTube. It's very, I guess, authentic. Like, you know, just in terms yeah. of like, you know, the conversations they have. I think, I think it's pretty good. Portia de Rossi is Zella, who's in the TV show Arrested Development. Ally McBeal and Scandal. Those are all TV shows as well. She plays the psychic. Uh, yeah, the gypsy psychic. Gypsy psychic. But the gypsy part's fake. <laughs> Play my mother. <laughs> exactly. And then you had... Uh, in a couple, not only cameos, but smaller parts. Is Shannon Elizabeth in there? Is Becky, who's one of the people that gets killed? Obviously from American Pie. Nick Offerman pops up there as Officer. He's from Parks <laughs> and Rec. Scott Bayo playing himself, which was, I was like, oh, Scott Bayo. Oh, Scott Bayo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and it took me the whole movie, Butler, to figure out that his publicist is, is Judy Greer. Her name is Joni. It took me the whole movie to figure out the why she was Joni, because Joni and Chachi. Oh, yeah, you didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't even get. I was that just either. like sitting there going, "Oh, that's why her name is Joni." <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, Scott Bayo played Chachi on Happy Days. I would hope people know that the TV show back in the day. Craig Kilborn plays himself. I, here's I my forgot thing. all about Craig Kilborn. Well, you know what? That's funny. So did America because I don't know what happened to him. He was in old school. I remember him from Sports Center. He was in old school. He did the Late Show. Lately, a couple of, like small parts in movies, and then he's then he's gone. He's been yeah. a long time. And I was gonna look it up, and then I was I forgot. I looked down his IMDb, and I was like. Well, he leaves the Late Late Show before this film comes out. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that it became Craig Ferguson. Yeah, which his Late Late Show was awesome. I liked him. I don't. He was really really watched the late stuff, the late show talk shows. A lot of uh, patting on the backs there going on. You also had Lance Bass in there as as himself. You also had for a Halloween reference, Derek Mears played the werewolf. There you go. And that is uh, he's played Jason in, I'd say, most of the more modern uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies. Nice, nice. So I guess I mean I'd, I I know we're gonna get into the production the flawed production of this film. We kind of already mentioned it was reshot. Three I times. know. I mean I don't know if you want to start off with that or you want to actually start off with the movie itself because it's I, I feel like I, I know mean, they you go still hand have in to hand. Judge it as a, a final movie, yeah. Yeah. So I don't. Ha, so okay. So we're gonna do the. How about we do this? How about let's just talk about the film. Okay. So. So before everyone starts jumping down our throats about how we're going to complain about things, we'll get into, you know, why a lot of stuff didn't work. But let's right. just talk about the movie itself and then maybe 
And then we could just transition to the other stuff. All right. Yeah. Okay. So then I'm going to go to my viewing notes tab and I'm not going to pretend that nothing's ever had. I don't know anything about any of the problems All right. <laughs> that this film had. My first note when it starts is that it, it feels like a pure 90s horror, but we're not in the 90s. We're in 2005 when yep. this film comes out. That's the first thing I got off the top at the at that. Even though it's an older carnival. movie, it already it feels dated for a movie that takes place. But I didn't mind it though because I don't I I like '90s horror in terms of how the style and stuff. I like was that. going into it. Well, my first note is obviously when Jesse Eisenberg's name popped up. Like, Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> no. Who did you think played the brother? I didn't know there was a brother. I saw Christina, Christina Ricci and Joshua Jackson. <laughs> I knew nothing about this other than it was werewolves. I didn't even read the summary until really you didn't, you didn't know it was werewolves at all. No, I knew it was, okay. it was oh, the two of them okay. and werewolves. That was it. Yeah. Uh, but then. My next note is: I hope that the writing is scream-like. Mm. It's at not. At the same time, I had seen the Metacritic and the Rotten Tomato score already, yeah. so I was like, I don't think that's what we're gonna get. Yeah, no, it's not. It, the The writing is really not, and that's because it's written by Williamson, and there's a couple of the re- rewrites in there. But like, so you, when you see that credit, you're like, okay, good. Uh, I feel confident that I'm gonna get something here. Right. It's uh, Wes Craven. It's yeah. the same writer from you, Scream. Faculty teaching Mrs. Tingle, which I think should be on our list because I think that's another one that's not teaching Mrs. Tingle. Yeah, I know I've seen it, but I think I saw so it like it, way. Yeah, back. it's with um, <sighs> it's with what's her face, uh, Tom Cruise's ex-wife, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes yeah. in it, and she and she they they kidnap their teachers. Oh man, I can't remember her name. The old, the she's an older woman, English. Uh um, she's in Fast and Furious. Helen Mirren? Yes. God damn. What is wrong with me? Wow. I've, I've seen it just forever yeah. ago. That Helen, is a good one. Yeah. For the yeah. List. So Helen Mirren, they, they kidnap her and they, they want to teach her a lesson. I think they accidentally kill her. I, 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 the movie has lost my, well, left my mind. But so but to your point, yeah, you walk in and going, okay, this will be at least well written. And it's not, there's not a lot of dialogue's not like, not, not that I want quippy dialogue, but it's not, it just seems like generic and it's stale. very generic and cliched. Like, the, my my well, my second note is oh cool a dog to have die in the film, which she doesn't. Yeah, I but I, I didn't even horror movies adding dogs. It's like, eh. so yeah. So the movie starts off where they're driving home and a werewolf knocks into the car. And I talk my note is a fender bender escalated quickly because they hit a car and the car goes down the hill and it's just like it like it gets destroyed. Going down <laughs> and then they go down there and it's Shannon Elizabeth's character Becky because when you. Becky and her friend um, start the movie. Start the movie the by going to the gypsy, and she's like, "I see blood on you everywhere, everywhere." Both of you will be and, and her friends played by um, Maya, Maya the, the yeah, the singer Maya, and uh, who so, was originally supposed to be Mandy Moore. Well, it was. Well, we're not supposed to get into that. Come on, what the sorry, hell, man? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, anyways, but when she goes and she crashes, and they go down and get her, it's like just like just. Just nothing wrong with her. She's like just tipped over. She's got no I, scars. I knew nope. that was going to happen too because, of course, she had to get killed by the werewolf. So as she fell down, I was like, she's going to be fine. Every crash, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. Could be fine. No concussion, no broken bones. I'm just stuck in my seatbelt. I will say this to jump around in the story and for that scene, they do do a good, uh, they do do a good job of kind of letting the tense situation breathe a little bit like it doesn't just happen automatically in terms of like you know each time they come down they talk to her and then she, uh, christina reaches up, excuse me la stands up she's like, you hear that and then they come down like oh you're gonna be all right like it, and the scene kind of goes on you're like waiting for it to come they do yeah but and they yeah then you see the werewolf and it loses all tension oh yeah because the werewolf effect is so bad you don't like the uh i hated the werewolf look. the look <laughs> of the werewolf well it's not well it the practical effect is better than the CGI effect. Oh, that is also true, but none of them are good. 
<laughs> and the only reason they went to that over-reliance on CG is because the practical wasn't good. Because they fired Rick Baker from the practical because they were like, eh. Yeah, I know. Who fires Rick Baker? Uh, he created werewolves. He did American Werewolf in London. Bob Weinstein fires yeah. Rick Baker. Come on. <laughs> so yeah, anytime the werewolf appeared, I was just like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> I did. I do like the fact that a lot of times in werewolf films or, or movies about a werewolf like Wolf or American Werewolf in London, American Werewolf in Paris, um, it's always one person that gets scratched and has the change and his friends don't know what's going on. And he's True. going through this solo adventure. I'd like the idea that two of them that it was brother and sister and they were both dealing it in different ways and trying to figure out like what was going on. I did like that, that idea. Was yeah. Cause uh, the whole time he's killing other people or scratching other people, but you never get to see right. them. Yeah. And I didn't catch, uh, I don't know why I didn't catch this when the dog bites him and then the dog is infected. I, I didn't even think twice that that was going to happen. I don't, I don't know why. I also did not think that. Was yeah. Happen. I mean, I just figured it was, you had to get scratched by a werewolf, not if you ate, get any if you dragged it. Yeah. I didn't, because even if you're scratched by a werewolf, he's not getting blood on you. He's just scratching you. Like there's not blood on the end of his talons. Yeah, but sometimes like there's stuff on well, the talons. That well, that's keep, what I'm like, saying. I don't understand that. I mean, it, like as I, you know, as one of my daughter was asking me about something about vampire, but she was asking about like different things. And I go, different movies have different. Yeah, rules. Yeah, they're all different rules. So I don't know the I don't know the overall rule of a werewolf when he but scratches you. Usually, werewolf is scratching changes. Is an American werewolf? He gets scratched, right? No, I know. I, I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying. In, I'm not saying in regards to this film. I just mean in general. I don't understand. Right. You know, but if it wouldn't make sense that if he, if the scratch is powerful enough to turn you, then obviously the blood would as well. Right. Yeah. But what I didn't understand is you turn into all right. So a person turns into a werewolf. Yeah. They turn into this nine foot tall bipedal killing machine. Yep. A dog gets bit by a werewolf. They get fuzzier and fangier. Yeah. I know. I don't know. Well, I mean, technically, as a human, so you also you walk on two legs. So. All right, so that's why they stay on four, but they should still be. I mean, that's kind of like the same idea of when the alien and Alien Three comes out of the dog; it can run on all fours, and it's more like dog-like. Dog -like. Yeah, yeah, that's probably you know pretty much along those lines. Sure, it should be bigger. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, you're saying the dog should be the bigger. dog should at least be bigger. He's just kind of like like a hellhound, like a yeah, hellhound he dog. Up. Yeah. Okay, I could I could see that. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. But I guess it was done more for laughs anyway. So. Yeah. The whole idea of the, the, the mark of the beast, the hand with the stars. Right. The, that whole idea of that. Okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> but it's like, then you set up the fact that her boyfriend, Jake, is also um, a, werewolf. a werewolf. And and you kind of get that idea because they don't do well. They don't do well to try to hide that fact. No, He's always like, I need to talk to you. Hey, hey, what's up? Let's just talk. Yeah. Let's just talk. I, think my, I just need to chill out for three days and be alone. My notes don't get too far down until I go, oh, he's he's the werewolf. Yeah. Oh, no. It's my fourth note. He can't go to the opening because he's the yeah. werewolf. I just want to go close up for three days and be alone. Yeah. While I was the like, oh, out. while the moon's in its apex. I don't like I don't, I don't like I don't like when the full moon's out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, so when he tells her, when he like puts his hand up on the window and he shows Jake shows her the uh, I'm He's thinking myself you've been with this guy for how long a month now you've never seen his hand before you've never noticed the dots on yeah. his it's not like they're freckles it's not like they're pretty noticeable and and he puts it up and they've got the lines they've got the the because when when Jimmy does it he draws, he the, draws the, the, marker, the, yeah. the marker on it but when Jake shows it to him it's in his wrinkles the 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 pentagram which makes more it should just be in there. But how do you not notice? But I'm thinking to myself, you don't ever notice that? Yeah. Well, they clearly didn't have sex because if you have sex, you also turn him into a whale. Oh, really? That's how Joni turned into no, a whale. No, that's not what she said. She's like, she said he was a little rough and he liked to scratch. That's what happened. Oh, okay. He scratched. Okay. Yes, yes. 
I wasn't listening to that. It's yeah. Okay. Well, I can, I mean, I can understand why you weren't listening. Cause it was just like, mm. it was bad. <laughs> yeah. And, but I, and I like, and when Judy Greer became the wolf at the end or when she, I, I like that whole stuff. It was just completely, we're off the it walls, was off the walls yeah. but it worked because at least at that point you can throw away all kind of, you're not going to be serious. You're a, you're a bad schlocky movie. When I love my favorite scene is where she goes, she's got a thin butt, yeah. thick thighs, and, and a bony, bony ass. ass. Yeah, she comes, and then she, she pops up and the werewolf gives her the finger. <laughs> I laughed. I was like, this is the See, best part of the movie. That scene, the wrestling scene, like yep. those two the wrestling scenes, scenes pretty good. The wrestling scene is even very the, early 2000s. Even the scene, even the scene when Bo, who's played by, I can never say his name right, Butler. And Milo I think I Ventimia? I think I skipped over his credit. He was. He's from Heroes. He's from Heroes. This is us, Rocky Bobo. Okay, oh, moving yeah, on. Okay. When he comes to the house to say, How did you know I'm gay? Because he's always making fun of your dog's gay too. Like yeah. when he's doing that. And he basically, yeah. <laughs> and when he how did you know I've been trying to hide it? Even that scene is good. Those three scenes are the movie I want to see. Like that's yeah. the movie I want to see. And we don't get that. There are very brief moments of like, there's something here Mm -hmm. or there could have been something. And it's just not there. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with a, with a, with a comedy. I wouldn't say comedy. I'm okay with a horror. That's not in a wink or fun, having fun, like all that stuff. Well, screams like that. Screams like that. Scream does. I would say like what? 60, 40 series. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Scream's got, but that's what scream is still a horror movie, but it's got some awesome lines. Yeah. Almost like it was written like, it's like the lethal weapon of horror movies. Oh, yeah. well, change change the genre. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I, I, it's no. still an action like lethal weapon, still an action movie, but it's got some hilarious lines. That's that scream. There's probably other couple. There's probably a few other scenes in the movie that we could probably group into what we're saying here. But I think those scenes in that, I think those are that's the movie we want to see, and mm-hmm. we get a little pieces of like, oh, that's okay, that's all right. But everything else is just really bad. What's happening? Yeah. What? What's <laughs> a lot of it's just like okay, that's 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 a thing that happened. All right. Um. You know. All of a sudden, they have the character of Michael Rosenbaum's character, Kyle. Oh, like I hated well, that scene. Th- but he. But you're talking about the end. The the scene at the end. Yeah. I assume that's what you're talking about. I don't mind him getting pulled up by his head. I thought that was interesting. Problem is that the entire movie he's set up as a decent dude. Like, hey, hey. And then right. all of a sudden, just for the sake of we're going to throw some shadow on him when he sees her. Hey, what are you doing here? Yeah, he acts all weird for no yeah, reason. Yeah. It's like, he's clearly not the vampire. Yeah. And he's got all his clothes on. It's, it's, you mean it's, werewolf? But I got you. Yeah. <laughs> he's clearly not the werewolf. He's got all his clothes on, which he couldn't have put on. Like, he's not the werewolf. Yeah. But they're playing, trying to play that like, oh, is he? Could he be? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, that was just completely. And then, and then the ending. There was someone in here. I think it was a dog. <laughs> and then the ending. So Ugh. the ending happens and they think they kill the, they think they kill the, they do kill. What's her face? Uh, Joni. They kill Joni. They think that she's the one that started. She's the one that scratched them. So they're, they're good to go. They're done. Right. You go home and clearly they're not done because you can see they're starting to change again. They don't understand. They're trying to fight it. Blah, blah, blah. Jake shows up. And then you realize that Jake's the one Jake's the, the bad guy, but then, but he comes home, and, but what's the plan here for Jake? So that, that was my thing. Like, okay, Jake, what's your plan? You're going to, you're going to be with me. I want you to be with me, but I'm right. going to kick your ass and ridicule you, ridicule you. Uh, forget it. I'm just going to kill you. Like that was yeah. like, it, it, That's, mine was like, wait, now you're deciding you're going to kill her. Yeah. It's like, come on. I just, I want to show you things. Well, you can stay with your, your brother. Your brother's a loser. You're a loser. There's and only then, one alpha. I'm going to kill him. Don't worry. Now I'm going to kill you. Yeah. 
it was just completely like what? <sighs> it's also completely out of nowhere because he already showed like he was the werewolf he could control it he didn't want to change yeah then the scene with Joni he's not trying to hide he, he's yeah. not trying to like hide from Joni who he is anymore so like he could have just out and out been the bad guy right it's just completely out of character it's a completely 180 turn for who he was right and I know we're gonna get into like why after this but it just the ending made me so mad. It's like this. None of this makes sense. It's so stupid. Yeah. And if I saw that, I have a note that said, if I see that serving spoon one more fucking time. <laughs> but then the whole thing about stainless steel, if I grab this thing, it won't affect it's me. Silver. Stainless steel. Yeah, it's silver. Right. Yeah. And she's like, so she lied. Uh, so she didn't lie. She didn't know. Did she not know what she bought? Did I, she get ripped off? I think she didn't know it was. Sil- <laughs> so I think she's she dumb. didn't know it was silver. So when she bought it, she didn't check. My note is. You'd know it was silver. Silver is very expensive. So like, I want to fly. I want when she grabs it and she's like, see, I would know. And then I want like a, a flashback to five years earlier when, when she's buying store. it. And, she, and, she, and, and, the, and she's like, that's silver, right? And the person's like, yeah, I think it is. And then they're like, she gives a wink to like her friend. Yeah. We ripped her off. And like it comes back. Like, I want that. I want that. <laughs> Here's the other thing too. They kill Jake, cut off his head and he burns up in the flames. Why didn't that happen to Joni? Yep. Oh, what, why is he so special? And then I thought, the alpha. so the house is going to burn down? Oh, no, wait. No, no it's that, very controlled fire. Yeah, it's a controlled burn. Uh, Although it's Jake not controlled because it goes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind uh, a line at the end. Don't mind me. I'm just going to clean up. And then for no reason, Bo goes and gets his girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, obviously now he's. He told of, her. He says he told, told her. her he's gay. She goes and just. Makes out with Jimmy for no reason. <laughs> Jimmy didn't earn that kiss. He didn't. He didn't. She a she doesn't know that they were werewolves. B Jimmy's a little pussy who didn't do anything and stayed a puss the entire movie. Well, the only thing he did was wrestle the kid. No, it's funny too because when he when he when he gets cut by the werewolf and he, he starts turning into werewolf, not only does he get those heightened sexuality senses and everything, but also his hair goes yeah, straight. He, he, goes straight <laughs> he gets a wig. He gets a wig. It's hey, just like, I spiked oh, my hair. come on. Like your hair is like, you would need to actually straighten your hair every day to get that look. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah, it is so stupid. So now we're going to stop pretending like we don't know what was wrong with this movie. Let's tell you why it was so stupid. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have tons of facts here and we talked about it already that this movie had reshoots. Uh, so this film was like we said before, it had three different reshoots. Uh, it was plagued with production problems and script issues. It was delayed for a year. They shot 90% of this film. They shot it and they were done and Bob Weinstein didn't like it. And they made him, they made everyone go back and reshoot it to the point where there were different actors in this film before they, you know, even when, when they had to, they had to recast people, they had to cut people out. Skeet Ulrich just dropped out. He didn't had to drop out character. of the film and he shot the 90% of the movie, the original movie, the original uh, premise of this film is that the accident happens and it's actually person in the car is not Shannon Elizabeth's character, Becky. It's actually Skeet Ulrich's character. Mm -hmm. And he plays this like burnout son of a billionaire who played by James Brolin or Josh Brolin, James Brolin. James Brolin. They all three of them get cut, get attacked and they all start changing. It's it's different. Like what's happening. All sister and brother. They're not a sister and brother. Ellie and Jimmy are not related. They're in another car. They were, it's a three car accident. Yep. And 
And immediately I read that and I'm like, that's a, that's, that's a, a better yeah. movie. Original plot line had three strangers brought together by a car accident in Hollywood Hills, attacked by a werewolf. And it was Ellie, uh, Vince Winston, who's Skeet Ulrich's character, and Jimmy Myers, who plays Eisenberg. And then when they rewrote it, they changed everything. And, and obviously what they changed is what they changed. Ellie and they and Jimmy became yeah. siblings. Skeet they, Ulrich just dropped out because he's like, well, they, like how they changed. They were character. making him into Jake. Yes. And he was like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So they had to recast Jake. They had... Uh, it wasn't just Scott Bayo who was in it. It was also Corey Feldman. Or oh, Scott Bayo came in after. There it, was, were, it was more than just Corey Feldman, too. Yeah. Wasn't it like three or four different? Like, well, Portia de Rossi's part was played by Ileana Douglas, and then she backed out. Heather Loggenkamp was in it. Scott Foley was in it. Omar Epps was in this. Omar Epps, Robert Epps, Forster yeah. was in this. Like, there were like tons of people in this film, and they just they couldn't do it anymore because they rechanged, they changed everything. It's just, it's, it's mind boggling. Like, this is complete. Like this would bother me. Like if I knew this, if I was a big Wes Craven fan and I knew this movie was coming out and then I knew all everything that happened, this, all this stuff prior to that, I wouldn't right. go see this film. I would not go see this Did film. Did you see how much it made? Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it had the makings. It has the bones of a decent movie and they, they messed it up. Yeah. So bad. And then not even after they reshot it that second time, even though the original ending Tested really high with audiences, actually the highest, mm -hmm. where Jake goes, listen, I'm the responsible for all this. I can't take it anymore. Kill and me. Like, in a really like serious, heartfelt scene, he has Ellie kill him because he realizes he's just got to end this all. Right. Which absolutely fits better with his character. And after I read that with the, with the crap ending we got, I was like, yes, that's the ending it should have been. Right. Bob Weinstein went in and went, I like my ending better. Mm. Even though his ending didn't score well with test audiences. Well, they, I mean, he produced it, so he gets what he wants. Because he's an asshole. Yeah. And so they change it to make absolutely no sense. Right. Right. And not even that, too. <sighs> like, Craven was 10 days from shooting another movie. He wrote and he, he was going to do a remake of this movie called Pulse, which was, I believe, was a Japanese horror film. And he was 10 days from production. Production. Yep. Not pre- Everything was ready to go. Everybody was cast. He was ready to go. And Weinstein pulled the movie and pushed Craven to do uh, Cursed. And Craven didn't want to do it because he was upset. And he doubled his rate. And then Wes Craven did the movie. Yep. And it's like, and then they, someone else ended up doing Pulse. I think one of the guys. But like the quote I have from Craven is, um, the Cursed experience was so screwed up. I mean, that went on for two and a half years of my life for a film that wasn't anything close to what it should have been. And another film that I was about to shoot having pulled the plug Pulse. So it was like, I did learn from the curse experience not to do something for money. We know we want to do another film. We'll pay you double. And we're, and I said, fine, but ended up working for two and a half years. He's like, it's just, it's not worth it. And he's like, and part of the reason his phone hasn't rung is that the story is pretty well known. The fact that that happened yeah. affected his career afterwards. And oh yeah. It's just like, that's just completely, completely messed up. Completely messed up. And the pulse we got isn't even the pulse that Craven wrote because his script was completely rewritten. Yeah. Written just you're 10 days from Purdue. You're 10 days ready to rock and roll to go. And they're like, nah, screw you. We're not, we're not doing this movie. You're going to do this werewolf film. Do it. Do it. Do it. And <laughs> had they not reshot the film a trillion times, he probably still could have done the pulse. Yeah. Well, that's, you talked about um, the editor. The note I had about the editor was that they splice scenes in. No, 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 no. Like he got at, he got, he came on to work on, he was doing, he was overseeing reshoots for uh, darkness falls 
at, during post-production. He was supposed to come on to Kirsten, only work for like six weeks. He ended up working on the film for 19 months. So he was only <laughs> coming on for, he only come for a little bit. <laughs> like I just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling, but yet it's not mind boggling because it's Hollywood. It's just ridiculous. And you were talking about Rick Baker. Like he did the world effects for the original version and they were, they were actually in the middle of doing the transformation effects. They were going there right. had everything set up and Weinstein was, was dropping it. And he was like, listen, if you keep my guys on, it will, will be able to be ready for the transformation scene. But if you, if you don't, if you get cut us loose, we're going to start from scratch and that's just going to be way too much. Right. And why he was like, nah, forget it. You're done. And then they scrapped it and they went everything straight to, to special effects and CGI, which well, no, is not good. They didn't go straight to CGI. Well, they mixed it. They went to another production house yeah. to try to make them and they couldn't make it anywhere near as good as Rick Baker, which yeah. you can tell in the parking garage scene, when you first see the werewolf, the mm -hmm. close-ups, just the way it moves and the way its eyes are lifeless. It looks like something you'd go into like spirit Halloween and mm -hmm. see like moving around. It looks bad. And that parking garage scene was supposed to open the film. The film is supposed to open where there, you, if you remember in the movie, uh, Ellie attends this rooftop party with the Peter rooftop right, party. Thing, that yeah. Peter rooftop party, that, that section, um, is from the original shoot, but the original shoot, that whole party starts off the movie and Mandy Moore goes into the parking garage after the party. And that whole scene is supposed to be the opening of curse. So the whole scene where she's chased and I don't know if it's straight into the, the way it goes into the um, elevator and all that stuff. Right. But that whole scene was supposed to be the opening of the film. And then the movie would kick off. Not what we got, not what, what, what I can't even remember how it opened. It opens with the gypsy lady. Yeah. Not, it opens with yeah, the fair dumb. Just going to be bloody. Even that scene. So that scene, like, cause Becky is supposed to be looking for Vince because they had that, it was Shannon Elizabeth and Skeet Ulrich were in that scene together. And so when she goes to the dock and she, and she starts, and she's yelling for Jenny, her friend's name, right. she's actually yelling for Vince and they dubbed over the line for Jenny. Because <laughs> in that scene, what happens is Skeet Ulrich jumps off the dock and runs off on all fours. Like he transforms. Like that's supposed to be after the accident. It's just completely messed up, man. It's completely just a big, just, ugh. <laughs> There's also scenes in the dream sequence when um, Jake meets Ellie uh, when he first suddenly breaks into her house. I love that. Uh, I didn't mean to, my note there for that was, uh, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you by leaving your front door wide open. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just a key under the mat. So I figured I just let my, so I left it open and I let all the leaves come in the house. <laughs> I, I hid from the door and then I came in after. Yeah. I, I purposely, I could hear you because it's not a big house, but I purposely went around the long way because I wanted to come up. <laughs> come on. <laughs> but when she has, when she's hugging him and then all of a sudden you see her quote unquote bite him, but she doesn't really bite him because she's, freaking out i guess she, oh well it's a dream but it's she dream. rips off half his neck a, a lot of the shots and all that those, blood that comes out <laughs> a lot of the quick shots in that are shots from the original edit so we're just like hey we got this shit let's put it in well there. what no 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 that uh what uh, the note i had was that dream sequence was directed by joel sosin who does pulse two and pulse three and that the note that i have was that they were doing it and they put it in the film uh because it, i want to say that was maybe the third reshoot and so yeah, so it they were added by Weinstein. He added that note. He added that scene because quote it was a West Craven film. So that would what would be in a West Craven film? No, 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 no. What would be in the West Craven film was the ninety percent you kicked to the curb. <laughs> just ah, uh, just ah, uh, so just. <laughs> mm. I mean, I'll never work with him, but so fucking terrible. Oh God, 
How about, and I was actually okay with this. And I wish that, that again, I kind of wish this was the, again, the original that Scott Bay was supposed to be the werewolf prodigy. He was supposed to be the ultimate werewolf. I would have been completely that fine been with funny. that. I would have liked that. Completely fine with that. But yeah, he was supposed, and I'm just like, all right, okay. Cause I'm like, otherwise, why is he in this film? Like, why is Scott Bay in this movie? So throw some actual names. Greg yeah. Kilborn's actually, yeah. you know, late night. He's actual, like, just to be like Hollywood. Yeah. But I, I would have been, I would have been completely okay with that. No, that would have been funny. That would have been awesome. <laughs> so the original release date was August 8th, 2003. And then the second release date was February 13th, 2004. Because this movie shot, the first, its first shooting weekend was March 17th, 2003 to June 2003. And they were going to be ready for, I don't know how they're going to be ready for August for two months of edit. So that probably yeah. shot, you said 40 days for the first. Year. Yeah. So and then the reshoot, the second reshoot after that was November to February, November 2003 to February 2004, which is probably where you, I see again, second release date is February 13th. Like, I don't get that. Like it just keeps getting pushed back. It, it just... Off the wall. And I mentioned before that Kevin Williamson wrote it, but it actually had, I talked about how it had rewrites. So Sean Hood, who wrote 2011's Conan the Barbarian, and Tony Gaten, who did Hell on Wheels, a TV show, did rewrites on the script as well. And there are rewrites that were done by Scott Nimfro, who's done some, I think I said his name right, who's done Pushing Daisies, a TV show. He was brought on to do reshoots to do during the reshoots just to write some scenes. So it just had everyone's hand in the pot, pot here. Oh, just so not good, Butler. So not good. It's not a good movie. The reshoots cost more than the first two screen films combined. <laughs> Let that sink in. That's awesome. Let that sink in. That's yeah. Yeah. awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because you talk about how everyone's up in their arms about the bad girl movie being canned. It's like you know, from HBO Max and like right. you know, making the tax break and all that stuff. Okay. Well, but like I can make a claim that this movie should have just been canned and they should have took the tax break. Oh, absolutely. If Bob Weinstein didn't like it, it would have been much more cost effective to say, you know, I don't, I don't think this is going to work. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's just too. This is the thing is everybody gets up in arms and movies get canceled. But sometimes, I mean, look at all the shit people put out. Like there's stuff that's terrible. Yeah. So when somebody goes, we have to not release this ever. Yeah. There's a reason. Yeah. The first Game of Thrones pilot. Yes, of course. Everyone's curious to see what the original pilot was, but it was so awful. They'll never release it. They've said. Sure. We have an episode that we won't release. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just, I mean, like this, this, <sighs> there's a hashtag campaign called Release the Craven Cut. Butler alluded to this before that the editor, Patrick Luciega, says that he's got, he has the original cut of the film. They, he actually has three of the cuts of the film. Right. The original, the after the first reshoot, the second reshoot, he has them, but he doesn't know who owns them. Somebody owns them and it's just, it's not he Miramax. Them, yeah. Right. But there are people that have seen the VHSs and say that they're far superior. But there's the end, they don't have an ending because it's only they never shot the ending, so That's, they don't have an ending to the movies. That's the problem. You're gonna have to what redo the ending? Here's the thing. Take the how about this? Older Joshua. Jackson take the original script and somebody do it now. So just take the original script and if you want to set it in in 2000 is fine. Take the original and redo it. Get somebody who can can basically honor Wes Craven's memory, right? And do it now, and and that's what I would see. Don't don't bring don't give me the old one and with with the hacked ending at the end. Just give me something new. The other thing though is that this isn't really a Craven movie. This is a movie he did originally just True. for the budget. The True. Money anyway, he he got paid. To, yeah, you're right. You're right. So I would almost say remake Pulse and make what Craven wanted to make out of Pulse. <laughs> get his old script out. Because what came out for Pulse was not good. Well, what came out for this was not good as this well. This is also true. <laughs> I will say, yes. 
what came out for Pulse is far superior to this. <laughs> Pulse is just like, all right, I watched it. Yeah. This is, oh my God, there's so much stuff. I figured, you know, it's werewolves and Christina Ricci. I might at least like it, no matter how bad it is. But there's so much wrong with the film. Not just like it's not a good film. It's There's so much wrong with it. It's not. It's And it's got nothing to do with anybody on screen. And it's got nothing to do with anybody in terms of director or writer or anyone working on the film. It's got, it's got everything to do with executives. This is like a classic. This is almost should be taught in film school about, <laughs> about when people are like, what's it like to make films in Hollywood with executives? Well, let me tell you, here's a story. This is one of the movies they should talk about, about what happens when executives, you know, take, take control and decide, you know, what's best to tell a story over the storytellers. Cause this is awful, awful. This is just not, it's unacceptable. And it was like, I'm surprised. I mean, I get it. If it's just kind of like, uh, oh, it's just, you know, it is what it is. You don't want to, you want to keep working fine. Right. I understand that, but I'm sorry, but like, it's just, it's not good. I like Judy Greer's quote from 2014. And she says, I don't know why that movie got so fucked up. I don't understand it. I thought the script was fine. Honest to God. I didn't get the big deal. I don't know who kept making them fuck with it. <laughs> then we shot the movie for like seven years. Yeah. I think they said we had four movies worth of footage. It was so fun, but so weird. I don't get it. Couldn't figure it out. Well, I know that <laughs> I know that when they came back for the fourth reshoots, they made sure to said cursed four back for more. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I mean listen, they're all getting paid. So it's it's just basically like they could care less. They're getting a paycheck. Right. But especially like this is younger versions of all these actors who are you know, just starting out or like Joshua Jackson's going from TV to movies. He's had quite a career on TV though. I mean, between uh fringe and the affair. And oh, like, right. He's had, he's had a really good career on TV. So, I mean, I'm, you know. I'm saying like right after Dawson's, he tried to kind of well, segue sure. into film. Of course. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's what everyone does. He's probably one of the best parts in the film. I, I like Joshua. His, his character is just actor. so mopey. His character is so like. Mm, he is mopey. Yeah. I need to talk to you for a second. It's not anything weird. Don't worry about it. I'm a werewolf. <laughs> but his lines aren't quite as. I don't know. Maybe because his lines aren't quite as cringy as like Ellie's and Jimmy's hmm. or just like half the shit they say. I'm like, no one would say this. No one would say this. Or act this <laughs> so did you notice that the cane on display is, is the same cane from the miniseries storm of the century? I did not know. The that. only reason I bring that up is that, do you know that I just found out that storm of the century is on Hulu, but it's unrated and uncut now. So oh, really? it's, it's, it's not the TV, TV version. So what's on Hulu right now for storm of the century is actually probably pretty, it's probably better than what we saw on TV. All right. So if anyone wants to check that out. This movie is going to be originally rated R. It should have been. I I read that note and I was, as watching the movie, like there, it's clear that there are so many scenes. It should where be R. It cuts from what should have been the blood. Yeah. Like M Rosenbaum's character, you can tell drops. He's messed up and you only see like an out of focus blurry shot. Yeah. But how, how does <clears throat> Becky, Shannon Elizabeth's half torso pass for a BG-13 film? Like, do you see the half torso? Yes. She's, she rolls over and she starts crawling. You see all her guts when she first lands on the ground because it's not, what is it, two frames? That is that one? I didn't see. I didn't notice. See, I yeah. didn't notice that. There's just not enough violence for a horror movie. I mean, the body count, according to the notes, is only five. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's just like nothing scary. The violence isn't even frightening because these people just get thrown like it's Hercules or Xena. Like they just. Oh, like, yeah. It's even Evil Dead 2 in its funniest scenes or Ash vs. Evil Dead, the violence was scarier than this film. Yeah. And that is a straight up horror comedy. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I know you, I usually do critic reviews 
but they're all the same. Yeah, I'd be more surprised. Give me a good one that I can I'm disagree gonna, with. I'm going to give you one that is not good, but Rafe Telsch of Cinema Blend gives the film two out of five stars. Felt that, quote, Cursed isn't a bad film. Oh, you're wrong right there. <laughs> and actually takes a unique approach to modern day genre movies by styling itself as an older one. What? The film was a fun little romp in werewolf world. Although Cursed never really sets any rules for the creatures themselves leaving itself open to keep cute faces like Richie's uncovered by makeup, but leaving the audience unsatisfied that there aren't many werewolves in this werewolf movie. It's like, dude, what were you doing when this movie was going on? Like, it, first of all, isn't a bad film. No, it absolutely is it's a bad, bad film. film. It's bad film by every, but people who made the film say it's a bad film. Everybody says it's a bad film. It, unique approach, making itself as an older one. What older one? There's nothing. What? Because it's got some dark comedy in it. Because there's a wax figure of the original Wolfman. That what older one? I guess American World for London, he would say. Are we saying yeah, are we saying nineties is the older one? But how dare you compare this film to American World in London? <laughs> that movie is like classic. <laughs> now, did you like Wolf? The Jack uh Jack Nicholson one? Mike Nichols? Do you remember Wolf? I don't know if I've seen Wolf. Or Jack Nicholson got was Werewolf. And- I I know of it in the back of my head. I'm like, that yeah. sounds familiar, but I've never seen it. Film threat stated that not that not that it doesn't make movie history until this past Friday. The worst werewolf we ever made was hands down, Harry hands down Mike Nichols wolf. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, this has got, I don't, I've never seen it, but there's no way it's worse than this. Yeah. I, I Well, he's saying that cursed is now the worst one, but, oh, okay. but I don't know if I'm going to sit there and tell you that wolf was bad. I, I didn't, I, I don't remember hating wolf as much as I apparently this, whoever wrote this for film threat did, but yeah, I it just, what's the Australian one with the soldiers? You're talking about the uh, over... Wait till it's up. Australian. They're on like a training mission. Oh, I never the saw woods. that. The werewolf one? Yeah. I never saw that. Oh, I know the zombie one. I never saw that either. I know the one Some where... Dogs, what is it? Overlord or whatever, where it's in... Well, Overlord zombies and Nazis. Yeah. yeah, which is dumb. I don't like that one either. <laughs> the dog soldiers? Oh, that sounds familiar. It is It is dog soldiers. Dog soldiers. The original draft of the script was written in 2000 by Kevin Williamson, and it was about a serial killer who discovers his lethal tendencies are because of his werewolf nature. I'm like, uh, uh, can I see that movie? <laughs> or I know this became a comic, but can I see the movie that uh, Wes Craven was going to do? Oh, uh, I saw that. He was yeah. doing in the 90s. Yeah, it was called Bad Moon Rising. And it was uh, written by Scott Rosenberg, who wrote Con Air. And it was about a biker gang of made of uh, Vietnam War veterans who were also werewolves. And they attack small town after local citizens start messing with them. And never made. And they turned into a comic book series. But can I see that movie? Yeah, like there's there are tons of there's from this from this watch of cursed. I've now want three movies to come out of it. I want the original cursed script to get redone. <laughs> Butler four. Butler wants the original post script to get done. Yeah, I want this uh, werewolf uh, movie written by Scott Rosenberg that was Vietnam War veterans uh, on biker gang to get done. And now I want the original first draft of the serial killer who is a werewolf to get done. I want these four films to get done out of this bad movie. You owe the world. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the Weinstein company is no more. Well, good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just yeah. This I, is why it's forgotten. This whole episode is why it's forgotten. It's why is this movie forgotten, brother? Bob Weinstein. That's why this movie's forgotten. Ruined. Just executive. It just it ruined. Talk about ruining a film by interfering. Just. It's bad. It, 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 again, like I said before, the 
it, like I said before, it's mind-boggling, but yet again, it's not mind-boggling because it's Hollywood, and that's, I just that's, don't what, you, that's what happens. I just don't understand. They always go, test audience didn't like the original. No, who cares what focus group but, and test audience thinks? But that's the thing. It's like, if that's, if that's your goal, you want to make money, you do what the test audience thinks, right? The test audience liked the original version better, and then he still went, nah, I like my version. What do I? Like, I, under, I should say this. I understand focus groups and test audiences. I understand an executive's role in trying to sell a script. I get that. But when you, you have an industry where all I, all I read and all I hear and growing up and making movies, write the story you want to make, tell the movie that you want to, that you want to see in the theaters, right? Do what you want to see. And then we'll shape it to what they want. Yeah. And then like, like people that tell you that they don't bother to tell you that Nobody really gives a shit about that, though, when you get to this end, because at this end, they're just trying to sell it. So if you don't write something that they're going to want to sell, then maybe don't write the movie you want to see. Maybe write the movie that you want to see. But like, can we sell it? Like, it's just complete nonsense. So the real the real lesson is if you want to make movies that you want to make, then you need to make sure that you get with the people that understand how to tell stories and how to sell stories. And you control the from production to financing to distribution. And to home sales. If you create that group of people together and everyone knows what they got to do and you're in the business of telling stories. And what I'm saying is not pie in the sky because it's done by people. It's done by uh, uh, organizations like A24 and even Blumhouse because Blumhouse knows what they're doing. It's this happens. So this idea that this can happen, it can happen. It's not right. Absolutely right. Story you want to be told, but make sure that you are putting in the hands of people that understand that. I think the other thing is, Bob Weinstein tried to figure out, tried to think he was Wes Craven. This is, this is a Wes Craven. This is that. Listen, they've well, had hits. He's working with Wes Craven. They've had hits and they've, they've created stuff by interfering. Like that's what they do. And that was their, that was their model. And they had a couple hits because of that. And uh, it, it does help that you're the people that you first teamed up with are pretty talented people like right. Quentin Tarantino are, yeah. and Kevin Smith and Rob Rodriguez, even Kevin Williamson, like these people that are, that have the talent to overcome everything you throw at them. But that's a very limited portion of the people that work in that business. And they just, you can't keep messing with stuff. And then just, the fact that you, you mess with somebody that has a pedigree in terms of Wes Craven, yep. the fact that you just, you do that just makes me not like you even more. You know, like I read somewhere the other day, like I, we've talked about before, like, well, why doesn't John Carpenter make films anymore? And he just doesn't have fun making them. But, yeah, then, just tired of but then I read the other day that he's thinking about coming back and making a movie. And I'm like, Ooh. yes, yes. Give him a million dollars, two million dollars, four million dollars and let him go make his film. That's probably because of the experience he had on Halloween where they pretty much let Danny. Uh, yes. Uh, whatever. Have his way. Yeah. Because the producer was like, all right, make your movie. You want to yes. Make. Go. I mean, people like that. I mean, just just find them. This is the problem with, I mean, again, I I don't want to get on my horse here, but like, you know, we forget about these people that have come up that have made movies in the seventies and eighties and nineties. They are still around. They still want to make movies. And for some reason, we're not letting them do it because why? There's no good reason. There's no good reason. More. They just don't want to do it anymore. Well, I understand that. Well, because they don't want to deal with the bullshit. Yeah, Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you know that Wes Craven, my last note before we we wrap it up, (laughs) do you know he was set to direct Superman 4? He was, and he had, but he had created, he had created differences with Christopher Reeve, but he was going to direct Superman 4. You mean, I mean, like, what kind of movie would that have been? (laughs) Still the same script? No, no. (laughs) You want to talk about a movie that's plagued with production problems as well. Superman 4. But I'm just wondering what that movie would have been like. Christopher Reeve going, listen, Lois Lane's too old. I don't want to be with Lois Lane anymore. Because that's actually true. That's why he's got the love interest in 4. Damn. 
Damn. Yeah, when I heard about that, I thought a little less of Chris Reeve. I was watching a documentary and I was like, that's shitty. Well, maybe they didn't get along too. They're both passed away too. Yeah, they did. Oh, rest in peace. No, way to end it on a sour note. Sorry. Where can they find us? You can find us on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment. Uh, it's called Family? Family, yes. <laughs> family. Family. <laughs> Uh, where we uh, go in for all the other podcasters and we tell them what they we think they would do. And then we make them re-edit their podcast. Oh, yeah, no. We have big time hands in everyone's podcast. <laughs> We're like, listen, DC Animated. I don't think this is what DC Animated Podcast would do. We're going to have to have you uh, re-record your ending three times. We really don't do that. No, we do not. Uh, they're all great podcasts. Check them out as long as along with all the other video uh, content we got going on on that website and wherever you find podcasts, you can find us as well as on the lobby on Facebook. Uh, join us for the discussion on what you think of Curse. If you think Curse is good, uh, we're going to you that you're, you're wrong. But why? Let us know why. <laughs> if it's just that, hey, I like Christina Ricci. That's not a good enough reason. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I get it. It's OK, but yeah, it's not good yeah, enough. No. no. <laughs> And join us next week as Forgotten Horror continues with the English language Spanish gothic supernatural psychological horror film. That's a lot of descriptions. <laughs> the Others. That's right. We're doing The Others. So, uh, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Spanish language? That's what it said. English language Spanish gothic supernatural psychological horror film. That's the description. Oh, my brain hurts English now. language Spanish no, get, gothic. My brain hurts. We're doing The Others next week. Okay, Forgotten <laughs> Horror. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Nope. Forgotten Horror. There you go. My name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Frodell. And together we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th.